What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, a podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the show. This episode is about moving forward, how to move forward once you have been told that they no longer want to be with you. This episode features Josh Jones. Jonesy is a Alpha Code coach, friend, and mentor. In addition, Jonesy hosts his own podcast, Thriving in the Trenches. There's a link to that in the Facebook group page. Please check out his podcast. It's uh, good stuff. And I hope his story will be able to help you. Uh, one thing I want to note before we get started, Josh does use some colorful language, and that is totally fine with me. It's his story to tell and his choice of words. So just be on notice that the N-word is dropped, but uh, I didn't want to edit it out because it didn't feel right. So here we go. Episode two, moving forward. So thanks for joining me. And uh, before we get into the topic, which is moving forward, like how to deal with um, the aftermath of being told it's over or I want a separation or I'm, I'm leaving or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so, but before we get to that, I just wanted to get a little bit of a backstory on you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I guess, I mean, not to go too far back, but it all begins with like growing up in a, in a single parent home. My mom was white, my dad was black. And so like, as a kid, my mom used to hit me a little bit, but I outgrew her real quick and uh, she just couldn't really <laughs> hurt me, you know, yeah. size wise. And so she kind of switched up to, she'd get real irritated and use a lot of verbal abuse, like uh, tell me I'm a stupid nigger and I'm never going to be anything. Oof. And just like all kinds of like, the, all the stuff you want to tell your kids, it was like the opposite of that, right? Yeah, so, I, I had pretty similar, man. I mean, definitely a lot of verbal abuse and definitely physical abuse when I was little. But then, yeah, when you get bigger, they can't do that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. And so um, I think a lot of like my my kind of relationship issues stemmed from that. Because for once, like this woman that I'm supposed to be learning love from, like her love, love style is very abusive, you know? Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that kind of on a subconscious level became the norm to me. But then the other effects of that was just constantly feeling like I was never enough because no matter what I did, like she'd get pissed, she'd go off on me. And so it was just like, I, I couldn't win. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It always was coming back. So yeah. no matter how good I did in school, if I listened, if I didn't listen, if I was home, if I wasn't home, like it was always just coming. So, yeah. you know, just that feeling, that insecurity of like never being enough kind of followed me throughout life. And you know, in and out of relationships as a kid, they were whatever, just looking for acceptance and also yeah. hormones raging, trying to have a good time. <laughs> but uh, I actually, yeah. I want to say it's probably around, I got married in 06. So like probably around 2005, I kind of like had decided, you know what, I'm going to like quit dating and having sex for a year. And I actually did that. Oh, um, wow. Met my, my ex-wife and you know, we hit it off, we dated for about 11 months, and then got married. And that kind of started a 10 year marriage. And early on in that we just had some differences that I don't know, I mean, a little background on that we came from a church, that was kind of like a jacked up church. And we'll save that for another day. But uh, a long story short is any problems that we had, like the female kind of leaders in the church were telling her, 
well, I'm the head of the household, so it's on me. And the guys are telling me I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough, which sounds exactly like what I've believed all my life is that I'm never enough, no matter how hard I try. Yeah. Uh, Reinforcement. Exactly. You know, so that was kind of a recurring theme throughout my marriage. And then also we just, we had some differences, like kind of foundational that I didn't recognize at the time, but like in hindsight, we're, we're two different people. She's a great woman. Like we're great friends today, but, uh, you know, relationally, it just wasn't there. So were you guys, was that a, um, a a decision that was, uh, arrived at mutually or, or did she make the decision to end it? Or was it you? Um, actually it it was me. And so like, I talk about that never feeling enough. And like, I just kind of, you know, fast forward to about like year seven, eight, like we were always fighting anyway, before that, like from the beginning, but Mm -hmm throw kids in the mix and we're still getting in fights, still getting in arguments. And I was just miserable. I mean, I would come home from work and I'd help put the kids to bed. And then I would jump in bed and pretend I'm going to sleep because I was working long hours, but I'd sit there and like watch Netflix on my phone or something or read a book on my phone. And when I heard her coming, I, I like a kid, I would hide it and pretend (laughs) I was sleeping just because I didn't want to interact with her. And at this point, like sex was probably like, I don't know, at, at best, like four or five times a year, <laughs> you wow. know? And even at, at that point, like, because of the fighting being so bad, like it was more of an obligation than anything else. And there was just like a loveless marriage and like kind of the breaking point for me, because we had been fighting a lot and my oldest daughter would start crying and be upset and So like on multiple occasions, I begged her like, look, we're going to get in arguments. Let's not fight in front of the kids. That's all I'm asking for. And it just kept happening and kept happening. So uh, this would have been 2015. I went away for training for for three weeks, actually. And I came back and me and my daughter were spending the day together. And mind you, like she's not even four years old yet. This December, she was going to turn four in April. I remember coming home from somewhere. And we were grabbing lunch and then going to go to the park. And my ex-wife started talking about wanting to go as well. And my little daughter says, no, mommy, I don't want you to go. Cause you and daddy just fight all the time. And, oh, bro, it's like it, a dagger in the heart there. It, yeah. It yeah. broke everything inside me. And, uh, that was kind of the point where it was just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore, you know? And so that was like mid December. We went up North on a family trip for a couple of weeks, came back home. It was like, January 1st or 2nd but we got home at like two in the morning I helped offload everything grabbed a bag and was like I'll be back for stuff later you know wow um and so you didn't have any you probably didn't have as as difficult a time moving on from that because it sounds like you kind of already had in some ways right I mean so it probably wasn't as difficult um yes and no like it it was really challenging because I had committed to this idea of a family and we had kids and so you know, the first few years after that, actually, I was a wreck because there was part of me that, again, recognizing in hindsight, the love I had for my children and wanting to be that family unit, it would get misplaced thinking like, oh, maybe it's like, I still love her and I still miss her. And so we kind of went back and forth a little bit and she was kind of open to trying to work things out, but it was, and you know, not to talk down on her, but typical problematic relationships, like, yeah, you can come back and I'm going to keep being me. Like, you realize you're wrong, right? (laughs) And it was like, (laughs) but no, like, I know I'm not wrong. And so like, the couple times we attempted, like, she was still the same person, we still had those same differences that like, I just personally couldn't move past. Um, 
did you find yourself trying to do once you finally and ultimately severed did you find yourself trying things to get over it to to you know so <laughs> i yeah, yeah. and like and none of them were good ideas but um <laughs> i jumped like right into something else man and like yeah. you know like it that was for years from then pretty much until about a year ago so like a three and a half four year span it was alcohol and women man like i was always drinking but it wasn't you know, we see these these ads or these anti-alcohol campaigns where people are just like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm going to go drink it away. It, it was none of that for me. It was just kind of like, hey, you know what? This is fun. I'm going to do it. When in reality, like I was, I, I won't say I was an alcoholic, but I was like definitely alcohol dependent for like, yeah. quote unquote, peace of mind at that point. Like I, I drank because when I drank, I was just in the moment having a blast and I didn't have to think about all the stuff that was laying beneath the surface, you know? Yeah. So I didn't really address any of the issues that I had going on personally, any of the issues that I had as a result of the relationship, like all those things were just basically getting drowned out every night. And mm. if it wasn't drinking, it was the next pretty lady. If not yeah. one or the other, then both. Like that was just kind yeah. of, that was the way of, of dealing with it. Like I, can't feel sad when I'm laid up next to some beautiful woman, you know? Yeah, true. Very um, true. So when, when did you uh, eventually get in your next relationship or uh, next, I guess the next big one. So right out of that, right out of my marriage, actually, I was with a chick for a year. It was a long distance relationship mm -hmm. and it was, it, it was kind of serious. Like I'll say that it was serious for her. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gotcha. And, you know, me being who I was at that time, like I played the role, but the truth of the matter is like, she lived on the East coast. I were here on the West coast. And like, I was, I had other girls that I was talking to, you know, and I would get into these relationships and lead girls to believe that like, if they wanted to think they were number one, then that's what I told them that they were number one. But I, where I did have attachment, especially to that first girl, I had an attachment to her, but you know, again, in hindsight, I was just so damaged, like I couldn't really fully commit. And not to mention, like I said earlier, that there was part of me that was still kind of longing to fix what I had with my ex-wife. And mm. so it was just this ball of shit, basically, that like, <laughs> rather than address it, like, hey, pop another bottle of Jameson, you know, like, yeah, let's have yeah, another yeah. drink, let's go another few rounds in the bedroom. And that was that was it, you know, so um, I went from that to again like i I'm, i've always kind of been like that serial dater type dude like i have flings on the side but like more like find a chick and stay with her for a little while right so went through a couple runs of that and you know throughout all this like i said never addressing anything it got to the point where like strictly around my kids and this is about like probably two and a half years ago at this point I just started getting real down in the dumps because like I missed my kids so much and like I was still broken because I hadn't actually dealt with my marriage just falling apart, you know, so it was just one of those things that like you drop a glass on the floor and rather than pick it up, you just like kind of try to walk around it, but keep cutting your feet or something, you know? Yeah, yeah um, for sure. And so all of that, I got to a point of just like really deep, dark depression, man. And that's the point where I would like sit with, uh, you know, a pistol on my, in one hand and a bottle of Jameson in the other and just drinking and drinking and thinking about suck starting this pistol. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was one night, just this clearest, clearest day voice in my head was like, Hey dummy, you're upset because you miss your kids. How often will you see them if you off yourself, you know? And mm. 
it it brought so much clarity, but only to the suicide thoughts, the suicidal right. thoughts. You know what I mean? Right. It didn't fix anything. It just like made me realize, like slam that door, like yeah. bar it up, whatever, get the hell away from there. And so I'm not suicidal anymore, but I'm still just a wreck of a human being, man, like super depressed. And so again, like find the next woman, find the next woman that likes to drink as much as me and just repeat the cycle over and over. And uh, at some point, this is probably about a year and a half ago. It's just like, man, I just keep repeating the same cycle of shit over and over and over. And it's like, I'm doing all this to get away from my ex-wife who I'm still like telling lies to, like I owe her something, but it's like, hmm. no, I'm not dating or no, I'm not sleeping with people, you know? And it's like right. causing conflict between us and then making more issues, trying to hang out with the kids. And it was just kind of a mess, man. And so I got to that point where I, I was just like, something needs to change. And I actually like, I'd been going to therapy, which like, yeah, let's talk about your problems and then walk away. And they're still there. Now you're just talking about them more. Right. Um, <laughs> and so like, I would relive these, these like tragedies over and over, like watching the same movie over and over again. Um, but I picked up a book that a buddy recommended to me It's called, um, Oh, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Okay, I have that one. I haven't read it yet, but I have it. Yeah, and I, I can't remember the author. It's like Glover, yeah, I, I think remember. Donald Glover, maybe, whatever. Yeah, I can't but remember. But I, yeah, I, I read that book though, and it, it was really cool because it brought like a lot more awareness to like some of the stuff from childhood that were potentially causing like me to act and feel the way I did. Uh, but again, like most therapies and self help books, in my experience, it's like all this awareness with zero action, you know, like, all right, now, you know, figure it out. It's like, well, if I could have figured that shit out, I would have done it already. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But and um, is that when uh, you came across shortly after when you came across Justin and the alpha code, it was about a year after that, actually, okay. because I, I read that book. And so my timeline might be off a little bit, but I read that book and, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know then what I know now. So it was like, oh, I've got all this awareness. Like I'm better. I stopped dating for about three months and then entered into another relationship. And this is like, you've heard my experience with the, the past Danielle. Yes. <laughs> um, but I met this girl online and we hit it off day one, you know, like, and uh, like just kind of going off on a sidebar here. My own recommendation is don't sexualize a relationship like day one, day two, <laughs> like <laughs> take some time to like look for red flags because, you know, yeah. good sex covers up a lot. Yeah, we're definitely going to cover red flags uh, in the future because yeah. there are many of them. And I can tell you, me personally, I've overlooked all of them just yeah. to fill that void and that hole that's there from, from yeah, your shitty childhood. I'm yeah. almost the same exact story. You get to that point where it's like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, I kind of see like maybe a tint of red, but she accepts me. So it's cool. Like, it's not yes. that big of a deal or it doesn't happen all the time. So, you right. know. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah so anyway, it's, it's, I, it's easy to, to overlook those things when when you have someone just there sometimes I, I mean, three months being on your own, I, I think I'm a little longer, but you get lonely, man. And sometimes yeah. it's like, I'll take anyone to just hang out with me. And, yeah. and then if they start looking at you a certain way, treating you a certain way, you know, yeah, it's so easy to overlook those, those red flags. It's mm -hmm. It's, it's the easy. validation, man. Like you're being yep. validated constantly. Exactly. So like, yeah. So you right. can overlook those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
but yeah, so I entered into a relationship with her, man. And like, things seemed great for a while. And one thing that I did notice, and I talked to her about a few times throughout even the beginning is like her communication was really weird. Like we'd be mid text conversation and like, she'd ask me a question, I'd respond and ask her something. She just disappeared for hours. Right. And me being like the insecure dude I was, it was always like, why are, why are you neglecting me? Why are you not like feeding me? Like I'm asking you for this simple thing. And she's just kind of like, sorry, like I was doing this. I'm focused on my kids, whatever. Like she actually had valid excuses. You know what I mean? Some of it was her weird communication style. Um, but I definitely overreacted to it. And so you know, fast forward about six or eight months and there's, there's a lot of other red flags in there, but sure. we won't go too far into it. But, um, gotcha. the, the thing that was the kicker on that one that like caused a lot of heartache for me was because of my need to like always be validated. Like right now, there was another girl that I'd hooked up with in the past and me and her had always kind of stayed in contact. And to me, you know, she was just like a backup plan, not even necessarily to sleep with or hang out with just somebody that I could engage in conversation with and she would validate me through uh, conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, for Um, sure. Always would respond, always like, oh yeah, I miss you. Like all that stuff that would just feed the ego and make me feel Mm -hmm. good about myself. And so one particular night when my girlfriend, Danielle, was not responding to my text messages and I'd had a little bit to drink. So I started texting this girl and we went down the rabbit hole of just reminiscing about good times past, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nothing that's acceptable for me to be talking about with another woman when I'm in a relationship. I hear you. And so through a series of unfortunate events and stupid decisions on my part, Danielle got a hold of these messages and actually got in touch with this girl who basically like drug me through all kinds of crap, like told her a lot of stuff about me. Um, and just painted me to be like this piece of shit human being. And Danielle, because of the messages she had seen was already thinking I'm a piece of shit human being. And of course, you know, like when that stuff came to light, like she blew up, she said some really hurtful, hateful things towards me and just like tried to really blast me. She even went as far as like to uh, try to kind of call me out to some of my friends that have known me for years and know my life. But like, she was trying to like slander me to them, you know, and, uh, I don't know. I don't want to like talk too bad about this person, but she did some things that were like really like way beyond what should have been acceptable in my life. Um, Uh, They can, they can be vengeful. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I, I was, I didn't, she didn't do anything like reach out to friends or anything, but I I was told some, some really heinous shit, you know? Um, it's, it sticks with you. You know, it's the person that's supposed to love you and take care of you is, you know, sticking a fucking knife in your stomach. It's, uh, it's painful shit. Yeah. And, And the jacked up thing about it though, is like, as much as I recognize, like, this is jacked up, this is crazy. This is wrong. It's painful. Like, it was still normal because go back to childhood. Like my mom, who's supposed to love me, tells me I'm a stupid nigger and like uh, apologize for the language. Like it's just to get the point across, you know, but like that's, that's the woman that that brought me into this world and is supposed to care for me more than anybody. And like, I'm receiving that from her. So like, again, it's on some level, this stuff that was coming from my ex-girlfriend, it's like, Oh, that hurts so bad. But like, there's familiar normalize it. Yeah. It was familiar. Um, And so 
after that happened, I'd reached out to her a couple times and like, was like, this kind of more to the point you were asking, like, I just like, I lost everything with that one is how I felt. You know what I mean? I just wanted her back so bad. Like I needed her in my life. And so I made multiple attempts to, to reach out to her and she would just always respond with like hate and anger and, and rightfully so like what I did was wrong. I'm not justifying my behavior by any means. Right. Um, but it just got to the point where she's just like kind of, she would respond to me if, if I reached out to her sometimes, but it was never like, yeah, let's work it out. It was like, yeah, you're still that piece of shit, you know? And so, um, because like I said, I read that book and thought like, Hey, I'm doing better. Like I've got all this awareness now. And so I thought I was in a really good place. And then to take a fall like that, it was like jumping off the tallest mountaintop, you know? And I was just, I was done. And so that's when, uh, it, it, it like, I don't know. I mean, I, it had to be an act of God. Cause I'd started following the alpha code maybe like a year or two before and just kind of on the fringes but never really engaged at all. And even to the point where I actually had forgotten about it, I had to look back and see like, how long have I been following this page? But uh, right around that time, Justin happened to reach out to me, shot me a, a message and uh, I responded like, you know, like uh, life sucks right now. This is going on. He's like, cool. Want to have a conversation, see if I can help you out or however he worded it. But yeah. long story short, we jumped on a call and uh, on that first call, I won't lie. Like, I was a little bit skeptical, like, man, this is like somebody selling me some snake oil for a pretty hefty price. Yeah. Like, but I was so desperate that it's like, yeah, I've, I've got nothing left and I can't continue to live my life like this. So I, I dove in and I remember on the call, Justin told me, he's like, after we like kind of made the deal, he's like, be excited, man, your life's about to change. And like, I don't know exactly how, but somehow I made myself get excited about it and was like, yeah, my life's about to change. Like, let's do it. I'm all in. And uh, well, he has that effect on people too, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, man. Uh, so that was about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it actually like that was about a year ago because I remember okay. it was around Thanksgiving timeframe last year. So um, I don't want to get into too many lessons learned in the alpha code because there are many and, and uh, yeah. we only have a limited time <laughs> until Zoom runs out. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what I, I don't like to do biggest because I think that's too narrow. So maybe the top three things that you think you kind of learned from the alpha code that, that helped you in life in general. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, number one, like hands down is like emotional management, being able to and I want to be very specific about not control my emotions because you can't control something that's going to happen. Like I tell people this all the time. Like when somebody scares the crap, crap out of you, your body responds. You can manage what you do with that, but you can't control. You can't stop what your body already does as a result of that, you know? So I don't like to use control, but the management of it. Um, so for me, that was like, probably the single most critical thing because I am a very emotional person. And, you know, if I start getting sad, I'd get in my head and just go down that rabbit hole to where like sadness becomes beating myself down becomes like I'm worthless. And, you know, I'm sure we can all relate to that spiral of emotion. Oh, yeah, I certainly can for sure. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's like hands down. That's number one. Number two, um, and again, not going into too many of the details within the alpha code, but like just doing the lean ins and the, the well, the live videos specifically, yeah. I like to message it like this is that if I'm going to send you a message, uh, like a video message or something, 
normally I'll record it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. I'll refine it. And like, right. by the time you get what I'm sending you, you're yeah. getting like a product that's all yeah. like gift wrapped and polished. Right. True. Um, going live. It's like, no, this, this is me. Like, yep. <laughs> I don't, I never rehearsed my live videos or anything like that. I don't know if people do that, but I just had a thought. Trying to think of, I don't think I ever have. No, I think it's usually it hits you. I think, especially in the beginning for me, I think it was, I would make myself do it when I would, when something would hit me. And I wasn't even like really comfortable. Maybe I shouldn't, but I have this thing and I need to talk about it. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I have, I don't think so though. Yeah. Um, I think, and I agree. That's the, that's the beauty of it. It, if allows you to be yourself and then you get that support from everyone else. Yeah. That's what's powerful about it. Um, yeah. There's nothing like it in the world, having those guys uh, yourself. And I could name everyone in there, but um, the support is uh, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's life changing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And rather than like, you know, I, I make reference to like wearing masks, we all wear masks. And like, I used to go out, like, I got to be this person to this group of people and this person for this group of people, because yeah. I just need to be accepted, you know? Yep. Um, and the live videos what that did for me was like, I'm just going to be who I am right here, right now in this moment. And like you said, yep. all the support, all the feedback, it, yep. it was validating me, but in a sense of like the actual me, not validating the mask that I'm holding up for you. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. And, um, that just helped me grow so much. And like, feeling comfortable in my own skin and with who I am and also with just expressing myself in general, like being able to take thoughts and make words out of them that people can understand, even though some of my videos did run pretty long at times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you and me both, buddy. (laughs) I've had some, definitely some 10, 12, 15 minute long videos. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, So I think those two were like probably the biggest and like, I got to throw in there. It's hard to single it out, but like the, um, with with the emotional management like kind of the avoidance like getting rid of avoidance strategies those kind of went hand in hand for me yeah and then i think the next biggest one was just like getting rid of anchors and i really took that to heart and Mm -hmm. redid like i i didn't remodel like i guess redecorated my entire house like the living room the bedroom everything and just got rid of all the old stuff and made it mine. I picked out stuff that I liked because I liked it, not because it made her happy or her happy, you know, it's like, this is what I want in here and people can accept it or not. And then just getting rid of little, like, you know, little keepsake memorabilia type stuff that reminded me of past relationships, like throw all that junk out, you know, and talk about that a little bit for, because I don't think everyone knows what the definition of anchors uh, in the alpha code. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. So, so for me, um, anchors, it was like, okay. So for instance, long story short is my ex-wife and I bought this house together. She lived here for quite a while before, um, she ended up moving out and then I came back in, I was going to sell it, but then I'm like, yeah, I'll just keep it. Like I'm going to pay the same in rent for somebody else to own a house. Um, but a lot of the like the bedding and the, the living room curtains and all that stuff that we did together when we moved in, all that stuff was still here. And all of those things were anchors. They were just reminders of past relationships, reminders of past hurts, reminders of this girl or that girl. And then just along those same lines, like maybe, um, you know, I had this photo book that my first girlfriend out of my marriage, like me and her had started building this little kind of scrapbook. Mm -hmm. And 
I just kept it in the closet. Like why, you know, and I would run into it sometimes and see it and it just take that trip down memory lane. And without the ability to manage my emotions, it would become like, again, like, Oh, there's another one. I screwed up. She was a good girl, you know? Right. Um, and even as I progressed, it wasn't always negative, but it would take my focus off where I'm going and have me like kind of wandering in the past again. Um, so just things like that, things that, that for me, an anchor is something that draws me back to a time, not necessarily that I'm trying to forget because there's a lot of lessons. Like my whole life has been a lesson, you know, but, uh, it, it stops me from getting drawn back into that, like emotionally and stops me from focusing on those things. Like if I walk in the door every day and I see, you know, let's just say I had a picture of my ex-girlfriend hanging up. Then as soon as I walk in my house, I'm going to be thinking of her. And so now like that negative energy becomes what I associate with my home. And now my home is a negative place. So any room I'm in, just like, it brings everything down. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, for sure. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a good segue because that's, I mean, that's, I think one of the better um, strategies you can use when you are trying to move forward. Once, once everything's been settled and it's completely over, I think one of the best things you can do is get rid of those old anchors, get rid of pictures, get rid of anything, trinkets, yeah. pick, you know, picture frame. I mean, anything at all, pillows, sheets. Yeah. I did the same thing. I bought a new yeah. bed. I brought, I bought a new TV, like a new couch, anything that I could do just to not do that right away. Right, I definitely, right. It took me a while to realize the importance of that, but um, it, it's incredibly helpful to, to get rid of those old memories or at least put them away somewhere that you, you know, if you can get rid of it, get rid of it. If you can put it away so you won't see it for, you know, months or years at a time in an attic somewhere, then I think that's essential. Yeah. And I'll admit like my, my ex-girlfriend Danielle that I was talking about, she gave me a set of clippers, like, cause I shave my head all the time, you know? And yeah. uh, I still have that because like, I looked at it one day and I was about to throw it out and I was like, this is so practical, you know? And <laughs> at that point I had matured enough to where it's like, I can detach the emotion from it. You yeah. know what I mean? But it like, that was for a specific purpose, like other things that it's like, Oh, I'd like to keep this, but why? It's just a reminder, you know, throw it out. Yeah. So, um, so what are some of the other things you think that are, are useful um, in order to sort of, you know, get over the hump initially just to sort of downplay the emotion of it, especially, especially initially? Yeah. So I'm going to kind of answer the first part of that question in reverse, because we think like, and, and we're taught this too, is like, oh, just get back on the horse, go find another relationship, go find the right. next girl. Yep. I think that is the absolute worst thing that you can do. Because yeah. again, like we talk about, like uh, uh, I, for those listening, if you know or don't know what an avoidance strategy is, it's like I was talking about with drinking. It makes me, allows me not to have to focus on the real problem. Yep. And so if I'm hurting from a relationship and I go jump into another one, like I'm just shooting my endorphins back through the roof. So I feel like I'm happy. I feel like I'm good. When in reality, I'm just putting a bandaid on a bullet hole because it's something, sure. as soon as something goes wrong with that new one, then now I've got to deal with the emotion from that as well as the emotion I haven't dealt with yet. And I guarantee you, they're going to tap into each other. And it's like that synergistic effect. You know what I mean? It's, it's even stronger now because I'm building a pattern of like, I'm not worth shit. I'm rejected. I'm whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I think the, the, the key is to, to be by yourself, to work on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, in terms of what to do is, it happens a lot. We, we kind of lose ourselves in relationships and 
we lose aspects of ourselves that aren't always necessarily a bad thing. Like sometimes we have to sacrifice time. Like just to give an example, I like to throw knives and I like to shoot my bow in my backyard mm. and getting into a relationship. I have a little bit less time for that now because it's like, okay, I need to do these other things so that I can make time for her later. And I think to some degree, like that's healthy for building a good relationship. And mind you, like now I'm in a relationship with a very emotionally mature and healthy woman, but, um, you know, it's, it, I think getting out of a relationship, like get back to those things that make you who you are. Like, remember what, what did I like doing beforehand? What were my hobbies? What have I like kind of pushed to the side to make time for this other thing? You know, what have I neglected? And you might have to go way back or you might have to find new hobbies. Like, I mean, during this whole COVID pandemic crap, like that's when throwing knives and, and arrow shooting arrows, like became new hobbies of mine. But again, that was part of my process mm. of getting over that jacked up relationship with Danielle is that like, I needed something to do that was productive. So it wasn't like, let me run from my emotion and go do this. Because when I'm shooting an arrow, like I pull that thing back and it's like, there can be a million thoughts in my head. But once I get locked in, it's like just silence, like just front sight and target and that's it. And those moments of peace, like somehow it just brings all that emotion down to where it's like, now I can deal with this, this mm -hmm. ball of energy rather than like it just overwhelming me, you know? And so I think the number one answer to that, aside from like not bouncing to another relationship would be like, find hobbies and do things because you enjoy them, you know, not because you're trying to please anybody else just for yourself. Um, yeah. hundred, hundred percent. Find things that, you know, you enjoy doing just by yourself. And it kind of reminds mm -hmm. you that, you know, you can be alone. You, you don't need someone. Um, it also shows if, in my view, if you find something you can do on a regular basis, like working out, you know, it's, it's a yeah. commitment, then it, it starts building your self-worth back up. Cause you're, you're, you're keeping, you're sticking with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're reinforcing that, you know, I am a good, or, or you're maybe starting to rebuild. I shouldn't say reinforce, but rebuild that, I have worth. I can, okay. I'm, I'm hitting my, the weights three, four days a week, whatever it is, yeah. something to it, whatever it is, shooting the bow, uh, running, whatever, just mm -hmm. something, anything that you can commit to that can help build you back up. That's one of the things I think we talked about in, uh, the alpha code group last night is commitment and how important mm -hmm. it is yep, to, yep. to building self-worth. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, Besides those, uh, I think we kind of talked about like things to avoid, which was another relationship. Hundred percent agree with that one. Uh, I did that myself. Didn't yeah. didn't help at all. <laughs> um, nor did random sex with random women. That did not help at all. You just I carry mean, all the same junk forward. Like yeah, for sure. In the moment, maybe, but yeah, you're avoiding it. No question. Yeah. So besides those two, those, those are the big ones, though. Like avoiding things by by drinking and sleeping with women. Mm -hmm. um, what else? What other things? Or can you think of that people do that aren't healthy for them in the long run? Um, I think, uh, like I like to, I came up with this phrase, like the, it, you know, it's okay to take a stroll down memory lane, but don't camp out there. Yeah. And agreed. I think what happens a lot, like at least in my own experience is like, you know, again, like it, it doesn't have to be an anchor in my home or something. It can be like driving somewhere. One time I was driving up North to go camping with my kids and drove by the route that I used to take to my ex-girlfriend's house. And it just brought up all these memories. And, you know, I started kind of like, again, taking a trip down memory lane and then camped out on a few. 
And it always starts like, oh, I'm just going to think about the good things. But then it's like, oh, and then on that night, though, this happened and it was bad. And then like, again, I'm right back to like, I'm a piece of shit and I screwed it up. um, So really just being very deliberate about, again, like if if you want to think back on a relationship and like kind of pick out like this was good, this was bad for a very specific reason, you know, Um, I think that's good. I think that's healthy. We learn from our past, you know, we learn from our experiences but really being deliberate about like just acknowledging like, Oh yeah, that happened and moving on. Like yeah. don't allow yourself time to freaking sit there and dwell because inevitably you can try to think about all the good times, but it's going to lead you back to that bad time. It's going to lead you back to those things that brought you down in the, in the first place. And so, you know, just not camping out in memory lane. Um, another thing too, especially in today's day and age with social media, don't, keep checking up and like seeing, Oh, is she posting pictures with a new person? Is she doing this? Is she doing that? Like that person's out of your life. Like it's, it's done. It's over with. And even if they are moving on and even if the stars align to where like six months from now, you guys are meant to be together. Like you're not going to grow from trying to keep tabs on them right now. All that's going to do again is like validate the negative things that you're telling yourself about the situation or maybe build resentment and animosity like i don't know my ex she could have been banging somebody the next night like if she was cool that's her business if she wasn't that's her business too like it's not mine when that relationship ended i lost like all rights privileges whatever you want to call it like i forfeited that stuff it's not vice versa too yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um and no i agree i think you know you're you're you have to start over Mm -hmm. you know completely your life is different you know it's tough it's a tough thing to face but the sooner you you come to grips with that i think the sooner and slightly easier it is to then really start moving forward but you have to acknowledge that that's it that your life is com- completely different now especially yeah. if there's children and you were together for so long and mm-hmm. you know maybe you have to move out you know there's so much potential for change um yeah, and so much change and it's it's co- a completely different life and you have mm-hmm. to you have to embrace that yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's just, I mean, that's why it's called moving on because you have to move on. And we do a great job keeping ourselves ourselves stuck in that cycle by like continuing to, again, check in on them or like yep. ask if you've got mutual friends, like, hey, have you seen her? What's going on with her? Like, it's funny because my, uh, my ex Danielle, like her and my best bud happen to still be Instagram friends just because like they're both like low maintenance on deleting people. And I'd be lying if I didn't admit there's been a few times when I've wanted to ask him like, Hey, what's she posting? And immediately I recognize that as like, what the heck am I doing? This is a toxic thought. Like this is just going to drag me back, build up some, some kind of resentment or bitterness or whatever. And it's just like, don't do it. (laughs) Period. Like don't do it. Delete all the pictures, numbers, everything. Yeah. Well, that's what I did. I blocked, I I deleted, I just, you know, I, we have kids, so we, we have to, but yeah. Um, you know, we, I, I, for, for a while, just via email and which is a little yeah. still, you can still easy accessible, but um, it's not as easy as a text or, or, you know, yeah. Facebook messenger, but, but still um, I stuck to the kids like as much as I could. Sometimes mm-hmm. angry shit came out. I ain't gonna lie. Um, but it, it in happens, general, it yeah, well, of course, especially if you're, if you're the one who's left behind, but in general, I would, I would try uh, to, to avoid anything, about anything really mm-hmm. um until to, to the point where she would complain that i'm you know i'm not responding about shit i didn't need to respond about but 
anyway yeah. and, uh, but that's, that's a, exactly it like you didn't need to respond like it doesn't know she can no. feel however she wants that's not your responsibility anymore you know exactly mm -hmm. exactly uh so besides joining the alpha code which is what we would recommend to anyone going through any of this kind of shit yes do you have any final pieces of advice to impart onto anyone that's uh currently facing a separation or breakup you know, we hit on a lot of stuff and just kind of piggybacking on some of that stuff. I think it's, it, I'm, I'm big on like internal dialogue and yeah. I kind of, and in the alpha code, there's a version of this too, but like, even before that, I kind of established this thing. If I think a negative thought, like for instance, a negative thought I used to have all the time is I'm a bad father. So that's like one right. attack telling me right. that I'm a bad father. I would verbally say like, I'm a great father. And what that means to me is that like, one, I had to think that I'm a great father Two, I said it out loud. And three, as I'm talking, I hear myself. So it's like kind of a three punch counter, you know, that's how I like to think about it. And, nice. uh, you know, that's helped me tremendously. And so I think I would say the biggest thing is to like, be so vigilant about that positive self-talk and like along the lines of things are like, you know what, there's, relationships are, are difficult. There's always two people involved. So like, it's never going to be hundred percent my fault. You know, I have to own my actions, but it's not my fault. So like reminding yourself that, you know, you're not the sole cause that you're not a horrible person that you do have worth. And obviously be aware, like if there's stuff you got to work on, don't lie to yourself about it, like fix it, but find the truth about yourself. And I would even go so far as like, I have stuff written down on my mirror right now all the positive things. Nice. Again, I, I mentioned this twice because like I used to struggle with thinking I was a horrible father and I just like couldn't win in that in my head. And so one of the things I have written on my mirror is that I'm a great father. And I would say that every single day, every single day, like, you know, my, uh, with the, with the alpha code, we're reciting that thing every morning, every night. And so I added that yep. to the list for me. And so just finding those things that are like, even if it's something you work on, like at the time I started saying it, maybe I wasn't a great father, but I said it until I believed it. And because I believe it, I'm better at it. You know what I mean? Um, so like finding something like that, I mean, writing, writing down the positive affirmations about yourself, the truths and speaking those out, like out loud, there's something about speaking and hearing. I don't know, maybe I'm just a weirdo, but like, so no, I, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I was, I was definitely, um, I've always kind of leaned that way, agreed, you know, have a mantra type thing, but certainly alpha code solidified it. Yeah. You know, it, when you, it causes this, you know, this dissonance where it's like, if, if you're going to say that you are, you're going to start trying to be yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. um, I think that's a hundred percent accurate. And I agree. Yeah. And if I could add one little caveat, the best relationship when we're single was always the last relationship. And it's like, I'm never going to find anybody like her again. Like it was so amazing, this, that, and the other, like, and yep. you know what, you're right. You're never going to find that exact person again, unless you go back to that person. But what I like to remind myself and like, what I did remind myself of is that like, I'm going to find somebody that has aspects of what I loved in that person but they're also going to have their own individual things that make them who they are. That's going to make them like, it's, it's not, it's different, but like the level of how amazing they are can and will be the same. You know, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense, but it was something that helped me out a lot. No, I think, well, one of the things that, that I think about is I, I'm, I'm, I can pick, you know, 
I'm, I'm much more conscious of myself, mm -hmm. certainly doing some work on myself. I'm more conscious of looking, you know, looking for things, red flags, things that she had and, and but, but also the good things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree. You, you, what I'm trying to say is I, you can be selective, but you can select those old qualities as well. The good ones. Mm. So, you know what I mean? It, it can be what you had, but even better because you're going to hopefully find someone that has the only the good qualities that she had, or at least, you know, maybe not all of them, one of them, two yeah, of them, exactly. all of them, but not those fucking red flags. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. And it's like, you know, forgiving too is like we're all humans we all make mistakes so like your ex my ex like they're just being human and they did what they thought was the best thing at the time and i think that helps that is definitely uh that's a topic for 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 a later episode for sure and that's one that i absolutely positively struggle with 100 yeah. percent. Uh, i i get it man it's taking me a while to get there <laughs> i bet yeah i bet i mean it's 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 um it's not a goal yet if i'm being honest mm -hmm. apathy is a goal where i just don't care and i'm getting closer to that mm -hmm. um i mean maybe ultimately but i just want to get the apathy first where i just don't care i don't care what she says i don't care what she does i don't care if she's banging someone else yeah. now or or I, you know i'm i'm pretty close to that um, but I'm not there yet. And once I get to there, I'll reevaluate. Um, ultimately I want to do what's best for me and my children. Yeah. Period. Yep. Yep. And if, you know, everyone says that forgiveness is a huge part of it. So, um, I'll get there probably, but I'm in no hurry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not yet. Well, like, I don't know if you saw the video I just recently posted about forgiveness, man, but ultimately like when we're not, I did not, I seen the title yeah. and I thought you were sending that straight to me, <laughs> Yeah, man. but I haven't watched it yet. It's like, on my the, the, like the, the single sentence thing is that like, when we choose not to forgive somebody, we're only hurting ourselves. We're keeping that baggage for ourselves because they're just doing whatever they're doing. So. Yeah, true. It's true. I, I don't doubt it. And I, I don't, I don't, I see the value yeah. in it just i'm not there yet um but i'll get there you yeah know. the apathy comes first for me anyway. no absolutely man we've all got our journeys we got to walk our paths you know for sure well well thank you my friend i appreciate you doing this yeah no i appreciate the invite man it's been awesome i love having these just like kind of real conversations man it's that's yeah that's all out. it is yeah it's a great it's a it's just good to just uh just talk about these things because i think it's so difficult for for men mm talk about and be honest about some of these things um and i think a lot of us just use the avoidant strategies and never really heal and that's yeah. that's not good for anybody mm -hmm. and um you know for our children for ourselves yeah. for the world honestly quite it frankly just breeds a um, ball of shit man <laughs> amen so that is a wrap for episode two thank you again for tuning in episode three will be out next Thursday and the topic is sitting with your emotions and I honestly haven't figured out if I'm going to have a guest or not it might just be a 10 15 20 minute podcast with me talking about the importance of sitting with your emotions um, until next time take care of yourselves thank you so much for listening thank you to Nick Coyle and Lifer for allowing me to use their song born again which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin Delahanty and all of my brothers at the Alpha Code. Please reach out and connect with me and other like-minded men on the Facebook group page, Rising Phoenix Podcast. This group will be used to discuss released episodes, future episodes, and to discuss any and all things that come from dealing with a divorce, separation, or breakup. I look forward to connecting with you.
Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence just like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.